The Offering I can't tell you the precise moment I became aware of her. I could have caught a glimpse while listening to the tour guide talk of Tulum's history as we stood on the cliff there overlooking the sea. Or earlier, before the tour began, the wind may have brought me the faintest scent of her perfume. All I can say for sure is that while squinting at descending God's image over the entrance to his Lime Rock Temple, her presence beside me became palpable. I used to live here, she said in a sudden rush of words. She squinted and pointed to the stone image. I was his consort. Then she eyed me and smiled. But that was, you know, many lifetimes after we were companions here. Human companions, that is. She ran a hand down one hip, brushed at her yellow sundress's skirt and laughed, loudly enough to turn heads. For some reason I haven't yet fathomed, I gave her a false name. Maybe I thought the name I gave her would appeal, make me more memorable than Nathan Ploger, my all-too-plebeian birth and surname. She took my hand, and as we walked, she nattered on about her improbable relationship with this deity. Occasionally she'd turn, and I'd feel her gaze probe me, as if she were plumbing my thoughts. After a while, her chatter tailed into self-conscious laughter. Then she took my elbow and turned me toward the tour group, now gathered just outside Tulum's gate. We had an hour to eat and shop before the bus carried us back to Akumal, so we took a miniature train to a nearby shopping center. She suggested native food. I bought us beans and tortillas from a sidewalk vendor, and we sat on a nearby stone bench to eat. A young boy approached with an ancient Polaroid camera. He offered to take our picture for a dollar. We agreed. As I pocketed the splotchy photo, she began another overlong story. I've never been a fan of such one-sided talk. Invariably, I lose interest and tune out. But her voice enthralled. I listened not so much to the content of her words as to their music. She wasn't Mayan. Her near-blonde, shoulder-length hair, much like my former girlfriend Susanna's, and her Philadelphia accent told me that much. But she was short, tanned a native brown, her nose faintly aquiline, and she had the same affability as the Indians I'd met since coming to the Yucatan. Strangely, I now remember her every word, every inflection, every expressive gesture. I came ashore two weeks ago today, she said. Interesting. That was the same day I'd crossed from Belize into Mexico. I could see the structures from my cruise ship, she went on. I could make out every detail, even though we were quite a distance away. They seemed so familiar, even from afar, you know. I think a lot of people have that reaction, I replied. Tulum seems to have an archetypal quality, maybe something about it that's buried in the collective unconscious. She shrugged that off. I was so attracted. I came here day after day, 
had to drop off the cruise I was so attracted. And you know what? Once I set foot here, the place began feeling, you know, very, very familiar. Every day it was something new. After a day or two, I could read the inscriptions. I could visualize structures no longer here, even the city's minutest details. Then one day I remembered being with the Olmecs. They were the ones who cleared the land and built the city. Well, it wasn't too long before descending God came to be with us. He's from the planet Venus. She looked at the sea, and then again her eyes found mine. She giggled. You don't believe me, do you?